episode of the Southside Trap Podcast. Podcast that helps you stay on top of the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl Sandra, ready to recap another Chicago Red Stars victory. Uh, Chicago Red Stars beat Utah Royals FC 2-0 uh, back on Saturday in Bridgeview, uh, Illinois. And a lot of good stuff in between the lines besides those two goals. I'm uh, going to unpack that for you all here tonight. And I couldn't do it alone. No one could ever do anything alone. So I'm here with my friend, homie, colleague, Claire Watkins, a.k.a. Scammer Originator. How you doing tonight, Claire? Good. Yeah. So, Red Stars haven't lost a game in a while. It's a new world that we're living in and uh it's brave and beautiful and uh it's kind of fun to talk about uh and analyze and uh, do all that good stuff and podcast about um chicago red stars uh took on utah royals and a lot of love was uh, said about this match and, and actually all the matches uh this weekend in particular uh because the united states women's national team uh, have started their victory tour they will be uh, participating in a handful of victory matches throughout the country. And the first of those matches happened this past weekend um, on August uh, 3rd, same day as this, the Chicago Red Stars game. So uh, multiple teams were impacted by the absence of U.S. national team players for the Red Stars and Royals uh, specifically. On Chicago side, uh, they were without uh, Alyssa Nair. They were without Julie Ertz, Morgan Bryant, and Tierna Davidson. And for Utah Royals FC, they were without Kelly Harrop, Becky Sarburn, and uh, Kristen Press. Uh, so for the starting 11 for Chicago Red Stars, uh, they, actually, they actually rolled out as follows. They had uh, Emily Boyd in net, uh, Aaron Wright, Sarah Gordon, Katie Nodden, Casey Short running out the back line, uh, Nikki Stanton, Danny Colaprico, Vanessa DiBernardo, Yuki Nagasato, Katie Johnson, and Sam Kerr running out the top 11. Uh, looking at that starting lineup, uh, you can't help but look at that and say this is a team that can compete. Uh, welcome back, Danny Colabrico. She had been out uh, for a few games, uh, sort of nursing uh, a bit of an, a knee injury that she's been dealing with. And also welcome back uh, Nikki Stanton to, to the starting lineup. Uh, other than that, what were some of your initial uh, impressions of the starting lineup, Claire? I mean, it's pretty much what we predicted, right? They moved Aaron Wright back to left back. They brought Danny Colabrico back in um, which was hard to analyze without, you know, before the game at least because, it, you know, it's just difficult to tell where she's been at. Um, and then, yeah, Katie Johnson up top. Um, you know, it, it was pretty much exactly <laughs> – right. So, I mean, it, the, the thing is, is, like, we could have been like, oh, maybe they changed the formation or something, but they're, they're not. Uh, Vanessa DiRonardo is playing really well at the 10 roll. They want to develop that, and they want to keep building that particular formational chemistry until the end of the season. They're not messing with that. So I wasn't surprised, um, it, but obviously figured just with momentum and, and how everyone's been playing that they'd be in better shape maybe than that same lineup that, for example, rolled out against Sky Blue. So um, I guess, well, mostly that lineup that rolled out against Sky Blue. So... Yeah, I mean, I think it was good. I think it was pretty much what we expected. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, you know, Chicago Red Stars, they, they, they won this game 2-0, right? And these goals came um, in very uh, dramatic parts of the match. They scored within the first five minutes and basically within the final ten minutes of the match. So there's a, there was a lot in between uh, the lines here in this particular soccer match that was uh, kind of a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to start getting into that uh, right now. 
So Chicago to start off their their match um, came away with this <laughs> this opening goal within the first five minutes. You had uh, Sam Kerr uh, sort of begin this weird sort of battle with <laughs> with Nicole Barnard of uh, Utah Royals FC who was who was in net. And uh, for people who don't know, like Barnard is kind of a you know a legend basically. And that, and uh, some of the saves that she was coming up with in this match uh, definitely, definitely kept the Royals in it. But this this first goal, this first goal for for Sam Kerr getting on the end of this ball and taking this shot, and it was a sort of a deflect uh, deflected rebound that happened. And unfortunately, Barnard uh, couldn't get on it, and Sam Kerr had the the presence of mind to go ahead and just knock that sucker into the back of the net. And the Red Stars found themselves up in this match immediately. Uh, within the first five minutes. And the Red Stars have sort of been doing this very kind of cool and special thing where they've been scoring very early uh, in matches. And uh, every time that they've sort of scored first or scored early, like in these matches, they have uh, yet to lose a match, really. Uh, I believe it's maybe six or seven. I'll double-check the stats on that as far as their their, their win rate. But uh, this opening goal that early just felt kind of like this was going to be another one of those games for Chicago. What did you think of this opening sequence? Yeah, I mean, it was, I, I said this last time, it was just indicative of maybe how the rest of the match was going to go. Um, it, it was, obviously, it was a, a great save by Barnhart off of that Kerr header. Um, but it also is too bad that it was the deflection that was the goal because that took Casey short off of the score sheet. Um, and... Casey, so the lineup for Utah, they um, obviously have their own U.S. players out, specifically two members of their back line, Kelly O'Hara and Becky Sauerbrunn. And the two players that Laura Harvey slotted in for this game were Gabby Vincent. A rookie. A rookie, a center back. And then she moved Katie Bowen, who's usually the starting left back to right, and then put in Mallory Weber, who is a forward at left back against what Casey Short was doing on the right for Chicago and it <laughs> poor Mallory Weber just got yeah. annihilated on this play Casey Short. Yeah, yeah it's it's all it felt unfair quite frankly it was just someone <laughs> whose strong suit is not defending the flank having to deal with someone like Casey Short and so Short cut inside completely got around Weber with with space to spare and then set up a very beautiful a beautiful ball for Kerr to to flick on and Kerr got good contact on it um I mean the placement was obviously in a place where Barnhart could get to it but um but but yeah anyway so so those matchups specifically Weber against Short and Vincent against Kerr uh, were going to be major major problems for Utah um throughout this match and obviously um, and we can maybe talk about this later, uh, in when we get to that second goal or, or, you know, just kind of as we talk through the match, but obviously Sam Johnson recently retired, um, for the Utah Royals, uh, as they expected to have her see out that world cup period. Um, and then obviously this game was kind of an unexpected extension of that, that world cup period. So, um, Utah got a little bit stuck there. Yeah, no, I mean, Casey Shore, this was just another game in which uh, she just had her way. 
And it started very, very early on this goal. Uh, I think my initial reaction <laughs> to the goal was that, you know, that she wasn't going to, that the goal was going to go on assistant, but you better believe that Casey Short absolutely did that. Uh, definitely made that, um, the whole sequence, she helped make that entire goal happen. So um, she ended up just sort of still having a, another one of these really, really great games. Uh, in general, this first half from the Chicago Red Stars, um, it just felt like there was just some good soccer being played by this team. It, it, it didn't, they definitely had the, I felt like the Red Stars had the better of the play within this first half, but even if it maybe wasn't specifically dominant, you know, dominating soccer against Utah Royals, it just sort of felt like one of these games where they were doing a very good job and doing very well of playing into what the game, what the game was giving them, um, you know, sort of having this, I think the in the first half stats, I don't have the first half stats in front of me, but to my recollections, when you and I got these first half stats, the the possession was in favor of Utah, right, versus uh, versus Chicago. And sort of this idea of even though you're kind of, quote-unquote, giving that possession, right, to, to your opposition, they were still sort of like very good. The midfield was very good in this match as, as far as just sort of limiting the, the space and time on the ball and stuff. So that was really cool to see. So it just they also, felt like the better play, but just not super, super dominant, just very smart. And yeah, it was very cool to see. Right. It seemed like the Red Stars had really planned for their opponent in that way. Um, anytime Amy Rodriguez got the ball, and the Red Stars don't usually, they're not really, they usually are more one-on-one defenders, but they did a lot of you know, two or three person press, particularly on Amy Rodriguez, because I think they probably pinpointed her as the most likely threat for the Royals. Um, the thing, you know, for that the Royals are struggling with right now is they're having a lot of trouble diversifying or even creating goal scorers. So when you don't have Kristen Press there, it's easier for a team to double team someone like Amy Rodriguez and then dare, you know, Gunny Yon's daughter or Katie Stengel to beat them. Um, and I thought they did, a, I thought they did a good job of that. I thought, I thought it, I mean, Nikki Stanton looked well rested. I thought she had a very, you know, um, thoughtful game in a way. Um, I thought Danny Colaprico had the best game of her season so far, uh, in the minutes that she played, she looked just, she just looked like she'd had a month off and that was what she needed. And, um, this team, when she's feeling better versus when she's struggling physically, it's like night and day. Yeah, no, totally. I, w- I would agree as far as that first half. I really think players like, uh, well, Cole Aprico had a phenomenal first half, but somebody like Nikki Stanton, these two particular midfielders who were given this responsibility, right, of having to keep <laughs> keep this midfield flow going, right, after these sort of two previous games that we saw with a player like Julie Ertz and a player like Morgan Bryan facilitating things, right? So to start the match really early, you know, and having not played maybe or gotten a start in a little while, maybe it took a little time to get things going. I definitely think these two particular players had a much uh, stronger second half, and we'll we'll get into that eventually. But um, it was good to like again to just sort of see that stuff because even with even with the Red Stars still trying to you know generate their offense in this first half uh, with with Utah trying to do the same. I mean, after, after getting this first goal um, in the first five minutes for Chicago, you know, Utah was still definitely present and trying to generate their offense of their own um, getting, you know, Amy Rodriguez doing what she's, what she was to sort of trying to pester that back line. Um, I think at one point she even sort of earned like a bit of a, a free kick, just 
it looked more of a collision between the two players, but a veteran like Amy Rodriguez was just sort of able to earn that free kick um, off of, uh, I believe it was Katie Nodden. So then um, this was maybe around the 20th or 30th uh, minute that Utah was, you know, trying to, to make some things happen for themselves. And then the Red Stars really trying to bring it on before, um, you know, to, to close out the half, the first half, really just sort of getting these opportunities, whether it was from Katie Johnson or whether it was from, from Sam Kerr, um, Daniel Colaprico tried to get on uh, behind an attempt there. Sure shot was blocked, Yugi Nagasato. So this was all, these were all moments for the Red Stars, like trying to get this additional goal before halftime. Um, and it didn't happen, but the vibe, the general vibe, I think going into halftime was that this particular group of players, right? Um, so many of them who we saw, you know, going back in June, who sort of struggled a bit um, to maybe produce results um, during that World Cup portion stretch, just looking much more cohesive, looking much more connected. Um, their overall connected play was way better. Their, like, their sequences of pa- uh, passes were, were looking much stronger and much sharper and much crisper than they maybe would have um, in previous matches. So I think the general vibe heading into halftime being up a goal while still sort of pushing, pushing and pressing, you know, for the offense is sort of seemed like they were going to come out with that momentum. Um, but I think Utah, a team like Utah, right. Um, sort of came out in the second half Um with some other ideas as well, because Utah, there's two teams on the pitch and Utah made some adjustments of their own. And I think that in the second half, they tried to pick up because they were chasing, um, chasing this game. I didn't know if we were going to see any immediate halftime substitutions because we had been seeing that pretty recently out of the the Chicago Red Stars, but that didn't happen immediately at at the second half. Um, Both teams uh, rolled out with their similar starting 11s and then tried to give this, uh, give this a go again. And I think, in this second half in particular, I think, is where this soccer game all of a sudden became really, really fun. It just, uh, I think you and I were just speaking in the press box on it, and I think at one point we just both kind of agreed that this is like a really nice advert for NWSL soccer. Like, there's no yeah. there's no U.S. team players here. Uh, you have like a handful of internationals sprinkled throughout this match. You know, you're talking like Sam Kerr, you're talking like Vero Boquete, you're talking, you know, Gunny, like it was nice to see this it got really fun really fast i think think, um it's it it is interesting because i know this was something that we heard a lot post game from the red stars which is um i was thinking about this when we were when we were watching it because the first 45 minutes of the second half were like all utah and so that that wasn't quite that was less of a quote-unquote good matchup because Utah had all of the momentum. But once you hit around the 60-minute mark, everything opened up. And so both sides were getting were getting pressure on the ball and both sides were finding space behind each back line. Um, and so that final half hour I really, really enjoyed. Uh, I was thinking as I was watching, like, these are the same – these are the same players – that played in that last that last game before the World Cup final or the the week before um and that or the week after um and none of that soccer looked good uh from Chicago or really from anybody <laughs> else it, it the league was struggling to put together good soccer even though you had a lot of internationals back from the World Cup and um but when when we got back you know when we got in the, in the tunnel and post game 
Roy Dames talked about this. I think um, a couple of players talked about this as well. I just think that the infusion of the U.S. Women's National Team players, even though they weren't physically present on the field during that game, um, I think, you know, they talk a lot about the competition that they bring to training, the way that they just elevate everything that the team is doing, even outside of that, the 90 minutes a week. Um, I think we saw that from both Chicago and from Utah. I think both teams look just a little bit more awake with these particular rosters than they had before those U.S. Women National Team players came back. Um, and so it was it was wonderful to see such a, a good half hour there f- without those players, but I do think it was because they came back for a couple of weeks that we got that. Um, and I, I don't know. I felt like I learned a lot. I think that we underrate uh, training environments when it comes to success on the field. And um, what it takes, you know, the U.S. talks about this all the time, what it takes just in, in, in training and, and, and in just open competition for starting spots on a team, how that changes everything that you do and raises everybody's level. And so even though we were seeing the same 11 players for Chicago and, and, and Utah with, with some of their depth, um, yeah, just the actual soccer itself was, was really wonderful. And so that was fun. And it was also fun, too, because both Utah and, and the Red Stars are teams full of a lot of, of veterans. We have internationals, but also a, a lot of league veterans. And I think um, the, intel- the soccer IQ on that, on that field was very high during that game, I thought. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was really a joy to see. I mean, I, I know I mentioned we talked about Vera Wilkeda, and I think <laughs> watching, getting, being able to watch her live, uh, finally, um, on a personal yeah, level was like a, really really awesome. Yeah, she's um, smart. Vera Wilkeda is a very smart, very good uh, soccer player, and it was really dope uh, to see and sort of cover and watch it live. And then seeing someone like Nicole Barnhart, I mean, it was really in this second half where um, she just was showing, like just reminding everybody of who she was. Sam Kerr had several opportunities to try and really just sort of rack up some goals. And Nicole Barnhart was not going to have it, not on this day. Um, And having Utah sort of, you know, really begin to, kind of chase things, like you said, kind of at the, the 60th minute. They did come right out of the half sort of with their adjustments, and even if it was just in mentality, um, John started, you know, hitting the post, um, and then multiple attempts, you know, Amy Rodriguez still doing doing her thing, again, being a pest. Um, it was just really, really, really good to see. And then, you know, you started to wonder where the shift was going to come, um, for this, for either team, as far as uh, making an adjustment, uh, an adjustment um, for like a substitution, because it's it's started to sort of veer maybe into. I think I said at one point um, that we're possibly starting to veer into like, are these missed opportunities going to come back and haunt the Red Stars kind of territory, um, just because of the opportunities that the Red Stars were getting on goal, whether it was, I mean, and I'm talking whether it was Sam Kerr or somebody else, uh, because it wasn't just her, you know, Katie Johnson had an opportunity with a header. Um, Nagasato, I mean, the defenders got involved, Aaron Wright, Casey Short, uh, coming up and, and getting a couple shots off of, of their own. And the goals just kind of weren't coming after that fifth minute goal. Right. And with 
this team in Utah sort of chasing this game and pushing at the very least for an equalizer. Uh, you just kind of wondered if this was going to be like, eh, uh-oh. Uh, but we started to see some uh, adjustments. Uh, we saw some substitutions uh, early on for Utah. Uh, and then Chicago started to make theirs just sort of after that. Um, Brooke Elby ended up coming on in the 78th minute for, for Katie Johnson. And Danny Colabrico, who was having an amazing game back, um, ended up going down. Looked like she had gotten looked like clipped and maybe sort of aggravated something on the fall. I just think, and I also just think her night was over and she knew it. I think that she just pushed as many (laughs) minutes as she possibly could. And she, and she went down and she just thought, well, that's it. I'm dead. (laughs) It's fine. Just leave me here. It's fine. Yeah, no. Can someone please come get me? (laughs) And they did. And they did. I think my favorite part of this was there were a couple moments where a a couple, a couple rest stars players went down within this period of time. You're talking around this, maybe the, 70th minute to 80th minute uh, prior to that Kate Johnson had taken a hard challenge from <laughs> Gunny John's daughter and ended up kind of getting clipped as well like on her on her with the back heel of like <laughs> John Sutter's boot it was completely unintentional but I mean a cleat to the face is gonna hurt yeah you know what I mean? yeah that's right and the, and the ref ended up uh, issuing the yellow card um and you had venerable kid coming and <laughs> checking on and Katie Johnson, and I thought that was very poetic. I was yeah. like, oh, look at that. Oh, Vero. That's, that's, Vero. A, that's a nice full circle yeah. moment yeah. to have happened there. Um, and then you had Danny Colaprico go down, and you had Vera Boqueta doing the same thing. Yeah, she's And funny. coming over, yeah. checking on Danny Colaprico. She's, she's definitely get someone. Yeah, she's definitely <laughs> yeah. someone that, um, like, her, the way that she likes, the way that she deals with off-the-ball stuff is very similar to Megan Rapino in a way that is um, – yeah, it's 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 delightful to watch. Yeah, no, um, I mean, it was cool to see live. You know, Vero again, Vero doing this kind of stuff. Uh, it was pretty dope to see you see this player like Vero, who's uh, had a long history uh, in Europe, and then sort of doing what she's doing now with an NWSL. It was for me, it was very reminiscent of sort of being able to watch what a player like Yugi Nagasato has been doing for Chicago since her arrival, and then sort of seeing what somebody like uh, Boquete has been doing for Utah has been pretty pretty dope too but uh that yeah. that was the end of uh danny colaprico's yes. night uh she ended up sort of getting that clip and again it just looked like maybe she was just done like you said was subbed out for savannah mccaskill and uh but right before we started before we get to what happens after the subs come in i, I just want to say a couple of things about that the stretch before then um Ooh. yeah two things one being a good thing and, and maybe a less good thing a good thing um I, I, my thought upon watching the, the a rewatch of this game is how much I enjoy how kind of no nonsense Chicago's defending is. Um, like I, you see sometimes with teams in the NWSL where they, when they when they get pressured in, when they get pinned back. You can sometimes see visible frustration, whether they're asking for offside calls. And Chicago asked for a few. They had some players put hands up, but not a ton. Um, where they're, you know, just a lot of, you can sometimes see a lot of kind of visible emotion in some way in a reaction to being pinned back the way Chicago was um, at points in the second half. And this particular back line, these four, they they're just, they're not here, they're not here to talk, you know, they're not here to, like, talk shit, they're just, 
Casey Short in particular. I just love what she's just so no nonsense about the way she defends. She just like handles her business and walks away. Um, and I think that's great. Less good thing. Um, Utah really should have scored. Um, that not obviously the one where where Jan's daughter hits hits the post, but there was also the one where um, there was the shot in that bounced off of Emily Boyd's body, and then the deflection was sent in. I think hit a defender, and then Jan's daughter just whiffs it to the left of the goal when she yeah. she had space there. Um, Chicago set piece defending is a concern, uh, and they do have spaces of time where they did they did that thing where they kind of collapse back in and they fail to clear um and a more lethal team is going to make them pay uh specifically i'm watching this game and i'm thinking like man if they do something like that against like portland they're going to be in real trouble so good things lots of positives and we'll obviously talk about how this game closed out and that was really beautiful but they have some stuff to work on still i think yeah, no, again, just some off-mic stuff. I think you, you and I were discussing that, like, sort of the vibe around some of that defending that we saw during the match felt very uh, early season, like 2019 early season for this team, where it just sort of felt like they were sort of absorbing this sort of offensive pressure and they would bend and bend and bend, and then, but eventually break. Um, and that didn't happen. Um, during this match, which is great because they ended up uh, winning and, in, and getting another goal, which we'll talk about and ensure the win. But there were moments there where it was kind of kind of shaky. I mean, um, I think that one moment in particular where you're talking about the ball coming off the woodwork there, you're talking about Sam Kerr getting the clearance right. on that moment. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of like, okay, like this is this is cool. Like Sam Kerr truly is the MVP, and it's not just going to be because of goals. It's because she is defending out of her mind this season um so definitely always good to get the result and get this win but I think it's also important you know and, and good in this kind of match to sort of see those things that you know have that tape that they can uh, work on uh, and improve on and um for that goal to never basically come to just never basically come for Utah I mean and shout out to Emily Boyd she came up with a huge yeah. huge huge save towards the end uh, of the match to make sure that the game had still stayed one to zero at this point and enough time for Chicago and their subs to sort of come on and make an impact in this match and sort of post substitution uh, for Savannah McCaskill on for, for Danny Colaprico, there was this uh, really dope sequence on this uh, second goal, the goal that sort of kind of laid this game to rest, put it on ice, uh, sort of the ball, sort of being controlled by by Nagasato, passing out of pressure, getting it to right to Kerr. And Sam Kerr basically just, at this point of the, of the match, you know, just having not been able to get anything else past, um, Nicole Barnhart has the ball, ton of space, but just tends to just, look, she looked up, saw Savannah McCaskill making a run, ton of open space, and just ended up just feeding her this ball. And uh, Savannah McCaskill ended up uh, taking this ball, cutting into the box, and uh, trying for a shot. And Brooke Elby had the uh, the awareness to sort of make that alternate run to sort of uh, be some support for her teammate. And then ended up working out as Nicole Barnhart did get a touch on this initial shot from McCaskill. Uh, but Brooke Elby and this, what is now the signature toe poke got this ball. <laughs> 
this second goal and uh, shout out to the president because uh, she put this game away for Chicago this night. The crazy thing, too, is I think Barnhart got a little bit on the deflection, too, or on the on the rebound. Barnhart did everything she possibly could. Um, it just that was <laughs> yeah. it just curved just right into that goal. Um, yeah, I counted. That was a nine pass sequence that led to that McCaskill shot. Um, it was delicious. I think it was like it was something along the lines of. Boyd to Nagasato to Wright to Kerr to Nagasato to Wright to Nagasato to Kerr up to McCaskill making the run. Um, It's just it's exactly what you want to see, especially that late in the game where they were using um, accuracy over running. They let the subs run, you know, Um, and yeah, it was great. Kerr's connecting play in this match was wonderful. Her defensive work rate was great. Uh, She got a goal. Um, She's definitely someone, I think we saw this particularly in the first rain game where obviously she, she got a ton of breakaways in this match. Um, but she also, she's just not a selfish player. If she thinks she's got a better option, she'll drop it off. There was that one, um, chance with Vanessa DiBernardo where she just, DiBernardo couldn't quite get it one time. And so that was lost, but Kurt could have shot that, but she saw that, DiBernardo had the better angle and she, you know, dropped it off to her. Um, I think Kerr was pretty gassed by the end of the game. She saw McCaskill making that run. She said she probably thought to herself, well, let's give this a shot. And it it ended up working great. So, um, yeah, I mean, we were talking about this at the beginning of the season. And and I just it's so funny because I think that Sam Kerr gets a lot of attention for when she puts a team on her back like that Orlando game earlier this season. Um, or the stuff that she did with Sky Blue. But she, in addition to being very scary for back lines um, on her own, you know, if she's having a game where she's got, you know, there's a center back or there's a keeper that's kind of got the best of her, she's like, okay, I'll just help my teammates beat you. And um, watching that develop is, is great. And I think also it's wonderful for her because that's going to add years to her career, developing that part of her game. We've seen that with Alex Morgan with the U.S. national team. If you can learn how to connect and to move, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it was very cool. No, yeah, it was it was just very dope to see. And again, I think it was just particularly dope to see just because of this specific uh, personnel that we saw on the pitch. I mean, uh, again, no U.S. players for either of these sides, for so many other uh, teams in the league as well and it turns out uh the key to this match was just rolling out your team of the month and a few other people um I mean I thought that that was uh very impressive just sort of looking at this starting 11 and just looking at these players and being like wow like you have these uh these players who just got voted to this, this team of the month whether it's Sarah Gordon Casey Short Vanessa DiBernardo Sam Kerr and, uh, you know, the rest of their, their teammates and, you know, teammates who have made their return back to this uh, starting lineup, whether it was nursing an injury or um, seeing less time just because the U.S. players um, came back in, whether they were um, Nikki Stanton or, or Danny Colaprico. Um, so not probably not a match where it's like we're going to look back on the end of the season and be like, oh, this was the best Chicago Red Stars match this season. I'm sure we'll like have plenty more to look at and, and analyze and, and feel that way about but this was uh, a good team 
and a good match and a good game of soccer that was played by this team. It showed, I think, a lot of their intelligence on the ball, and I think that was was so unique and dope about it. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I, I, I think I would say that this match is significant in its place within kind of this four-game winning streak where – and this, this might help us transition into, you know, kind of what's happening next, but um, – it, it Chicago. So the leader, the the top three in the NWSL table right now, they have two points between them. It's very close, um, and we're hitting this home stretch where hopefully everyone is going to be at full strength from now until the end of the season. Um, and I think the way Chicago is playing right now, even as we saw with some pieces missing this week. I think this is where they have to start turning turning this into the narrative that not only is Chicago one of the best teams in the league, but they can beat anybody. Because that's the ultimate goal, right? Is to not just be like hanging with North Carolina and Portland, but saying we're as good as them, we're better than them, we should be competing for the Shield. We should be competing for the championship. And so... Uh I think that from now until the end of the season, and I think that this four-game streak is very important because they played some some very good teams in it, um, that this is the mentality shift. And um, you just leave the World Cup period in the rearview mirror, you look at what you're doing right now, and you say, on any given day, we can be anybody. And not only is that true but we're going to keep winning. We're going to keep beating teams that we're better than, and we're going to do it playing really well. And so I think that the fact that we saw that mentality carry throughout this match, even with Julie Ertz, Alyssa Nair, Morgan Bryant, Tina Davidson gone, um, is important. So obviously we'll see how things play out, but um, I would say this to me this streak of dominance um, is very significant. It's very good. Yeah, I think that's the I think that's ultimately just the the next step, right? I think that's the missing piece, so to speak, uh covering the team as we've covered the team. Um, you know, this Chicago Red Stars are a club that have, you know, worked very hard to sort of have the reputation that they have in this league. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, four consecutive playoff appearances, haven't punched their way through to the final yet, um, haven't been a team to win the shield yet, right? Um, have only been, I think, have only, yeah, have only hosted a, a home playoff uh, once, you know, um, sort of in their, you know, their consecutive uh, mm -hmm. playoff appearance streak. Um, you know, so I think that that's, that's the next step, right, for this team. I think, I think for a lot of people out there watching the rest of they know that they're very, very good, but I don't know if there's a lot of people out there who would agree that uh, they're a team to be feared. Right. And I think that there's some people out there that are waiting for the Red Stars to become that team to be feared. And uh, I think this uh, particular group of players can can sort of maybe bring that this year. And it's going to be an interesting run um, as things get tighter down the stretch, for sure. Yeah, and uh, I think, you know, saw subs make a difference in this match. We've seen subs make a difference in, in early matches. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Chicago, part of the reason you have depth is – so you can win games when players are missing. But also part of the reason you have depth is to win games at the ends of matches against other very good teams. 
Um, bringing Savannah McCaskill off of the bench in the 85th minute is a hell of a thing to be able to do. And yeah, I just think that they have a lot of weapons. Yeah, no, it's dope. And it was dope to hear sort of um, the people that we spoke with come through the mix zone sort of speak to that, you know, whether it was Roy Dames or somebody like Danny Colabrico or Casey Short or even Brooke Elby, who we got to speak with um, briefly, you know, at, at the end of the match in, um, in mix zone comments, just sort of all kind of reiterating that thing, how it was important to sort of get this type of win with this particular uh, group of, uh, of, uh, of players and uh, hopefully moving forward. It can uh, carry them through all this dope stuff. So next week, uh, the Red Stars are going to hit the road. Uh, they have themselves a very, very good road record. So I don't think that that's uh, something of huge concern for them, right? They uh, are going to be heading out to Maryland to face Washington Spirit. We're going to preview this game for you guys in a little bit. Uh, but going to be a different vibe for sure. You got the uh, U.S. national team players returning for both sides, uh, both for the Spirit going to be Mel Pugh and uh and uh, Roosevelt and for uh Chicago you know you've got uh Nair Ertz Brian and Davidson back and uh I think something else to sort of like tie into this preview and um something that I spoke about you could probably find on my piece going up in the uh, hot time here is that it's really cool to sort of see <laughs> the rest stars take on these series of teams, right, and get these results against these particular squads that they had dropped points against right. during that sort of World Cup portion, whether it was uh, Rain, now Utah, and, like, now they're looking ahead to to Washington's parent. Uh, so this, I think, is uh, could be a, you know, it's not maybe a match that you, like, circle, right, on your calendar, but I think it could definitely be one of those games where, you may might want to feel on a personal level to like sort of send a message. Like I'm sure there's players and if, on that team yeah. who are thinking about that, that they that that was a match that that sort of put in motion that series of losses, and maybe they want to sort of come out and have them like send the message of their own. And I just think on recent form from both of these teams, like I I. I hope that Chicago that Chicago should win this game. Not only because I think the first drop result was because Washington overachieved and Chicago underachieved just on their baseline, but just at the way both teams are playing right now, um, Washington's going to be without one of their starting center backs. I just think it's not a must win, but it is, again, it's this mentality thing where it's like if you're going up against a team – where you have all the pieces and they only have some of them, you got to get results out of that. So um, I don't know what's going to happen. I just think I have to think that Chicago can get a result out of this. Yeah, same. I would agree. I think that uh, just based on the wins that they've been getting, uh, the type of soccer that they've been playing, the type of soccer that they've been playing, with their rotation of players, you know, to sort of right. be, you know, sort of welcome back in these U.S. players, say goodbye to them again, make adjustments, rotate players, maybe even sort of make tactical adjustments and formations like we saw against Utah, um, almost looking like a like a four one four one, right? Something that we hadn't really seen as they pushed players a little bit uh, higher. So. That's all been really, really cool and very special to see a Chicago Red Stars team do um, versus maybe what a Chicago Red Stars team would have looked like even a couple of years ago, 
where people maybe just figured that they were kind of playing predictable soccer, diamond, four four two, narrow, direct, right? Um, so it's very cool to see what they've been doing within this four-game winning streak because it's uh, looked just unlike prior seasons. So it's going to be dope to sort of see what they can bring on the road against this particular uh, Washington Spirit team that has sort of uh, maybe cooled off a bit, right? You know, they had a, gone on a, a brief run of their own uh, kind of to start the season and also within the World Cup portion um, of their season, Aubrey Bledsoe, very good in net for them. Um, to keep things interesting in games for her team. And uh, I don't know. I think uh, when I'm thinking of the spirit, I, I'm m- mostly just thinking Andy Sullivan and right. uh, Audrey Bledsoe, probably my players to watch for, for sure. the opposition. Sam Staub um, is going to have to have a really good game, and she might. She's going to have to step up, and, yeah. and she has been, you right. know. Uh, definitely hearing, you know, people are liking what they're seeing out of her as far as her rookie season. Um right now so that's been pretty dope to see too but as far as the red stars having all the personnel back right in this match who is the player that you want to see have an impact or is there more than one who do you think should uh step up for this game oh that's a really good question i'm not sure i i can i don't know if i can predict a lineup for next week um right it's one of those uh someone i would like to have an impact i think if Yuki Nagasato is having a good game, Chicago is really hard to play. And when she's not having a good game, they're a lot easier to play. So I'm going to say Yuki. I'm going to agree with that because Yuki Nagasato has uh, put together yeah. some pretty cool performances against the Washington Spirit in there. Can we just shout out the moment Maryland. Can we just shout out the moment during that Utah game where she was right in front of the press box where in like 2 seconds she went from someone passed in front of her a little bit too far and she went from oh shit was that pass for me to like ghost nutmegging the Utah yeah. player who was also <laughs> going for the ball. Like I've never seen such a turnaround of like a of like realizing what's happening shifting over into physically making it happening and then just doing something incredible for fun um yeah yeah no, you can yeah just having a, a good thing a good good ass game from you yeah. it was just another one for uh for you can and i feel like um yeah i would agree with you on that if she's probably the player to watch uh for this match someone who i'd like to have an impact and uh she's already like served up some pretty cool highlights yeah uh, against the spirit at you know, Boyd's Maryland. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, maybe she has um, another one of those games. I would like to see it. Um, and uh, I'm not too sure. Again, like it's hard to predict what this lineup is going to look like just because we do have players coming back yeah. in. Julie Ertz played all 90 minutes right. in a victory tour friendly. I mean, uh, again, uh, Rory, sure. yeah, Rory indicated one of the, one of the things Rory Dame said is that I think, Theoretically, he would he would like to keep Julie Ertz in the midfield um, for as long as possible. So I wouldn't think that they're going to be making any major personnel shifts like her in the back line or anything like that, um, you know, based on the way the defense is playing right now. Yeah, and then um, I know that Alyssa Nair um, is likely to be back in net um, just due to this, the the friendly that took place. Uh, Ashton Harris ended up... Um, 
getting the, the I think it was the second half or she got the whole game. I didn't watch that. that I game. have no idea. I saw <laughs> a lineup. I have a, I saw, we saw, I mean, it was right after we were, we were doing our jobs. Um, we were doing our job guys. We were uh, I think I saw a lineup that said Nayer started, but then I also saw a picture of her in a, when Sam Mewis like nose expo- exploded. So, um, <laughs> I, I guess, I think Harris got the second half. Yeah. So, uh, starting keeper going 45, um, probably likely to see her yeah uh, back in that um against washington spirit and if that's the case cool and if that's not the case that's also cool because uh emily boyd has been pretty dope um this season for the red stars Uh, it's unfortunate that there was a month-long stretch of games where some of the play in front of her uh probably wasn't maybe the best for getting those results um Shout out to her. Like she did um, speak with us a little bit in the mix zone. And I really appreciated her just being like, uh, yeah, that's all me, man. Like that was all on me. I wasn't coming up with a big save. She praised her defenders and, and the, the, the play in front of her. So it was dope to see uh, her put together some of these performances. And then for her to get this shutout against Utah, I think that was a really nice way to sort of cap off um, sort of some of the, um, the international debut that she had kind of step yeah, in and that's take. that was two oh. shutouts for boyd um yeah to end her kind of stretch this season i think that's great yeah shout out to uh emily boyd follow e-boyd's food that's what she told us uh, <laughs> yeah, in the mix right. zone so we gotta help her out and uh plug the e-boyd's food instagram so y'all should go and uh, y'all should go and uh follow that but um as far as uh as far as yeah previewing watching spirit i think um yeah i think it's gonna be fun We'll see what happens. Uh, do agree that I think it, you know, probably should be a win. Um, hopefully, it is. And uh, Russars get that win. I think it'll maybe match a prior winning streak that they've had. I don't think they've broken five, but yeah, y'all can go they've ahead. Had feel five. free to, to at me. Yeah, I think they've had five before. I think that's it. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Uh, it's kind of cool to see this uh, run heading into the to the second half of the season. It's like posing these new questions, like. Are the Red Stars going to just go undefeated the second half? I don't know. Could be cool. Let's see it. Hit me with it. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see it. <laughs> why, drop, why drop any points, you know? Yeah, would love to see it. Well, it also, dope. it is the thing. I mean, we're going to talk forever. They We talked about this earlier in the season. They've played North Carolina three times, and they got s- s- seven points from them. Um, you know, they will see, to me, quite honestly, um, there's not a ton of reasons why they should be dropping a ton of points in the second half of the season based on who they're playing. Um, they played a lot of really hard teams a lot of times to get to this point. Um, they've finished their series with North Carolina and with the rain. They're finishing theirs with Portland in a week and a half. They've still got two more games against sky blue. They've got two more games against Orlando. No. Yes. No. Yes. Two more games against Orlando. Um, (laughs) One more against, you know, and and you just kind of go down the list. Um, They just shouldn't. And and I'm not saying they won't, but um, there's no reason to think they can't pick up a lot of points by the time they're done. We'll see what happens. We'll see if they'll keep it rolling uh, with Washington Spirit. Uh, Game is next Saturday, right? So Yes, the 10th of August. Yeah, 10th of August. Everybody tune in and watch. Uh, hopefully we'll be back next week uh, to recap another victory but uh, until then why don't you uh, let the people know where they can find you Claire and your good work uh, here 
I'm on this I'm podcast. Outside Chat Podcast. <laughs> this is the only place you need to find us and hang out with us and talk about Chicago Red Stars. Uh, I do. I mean, I do want to plug uh, a Neat QZ piece. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Been, been uh, and like multiple pieces. Uh, honestly, don't know if like people have had the chance to check all this stuff out because they kind of like this stuff all kind of came out in like a consecutive amount like manner like sort of back to back to back to back but Claire you had a really dope piece talking about the attendance and diving into the Red Stars big game uh that yeah. had 7,388 folks there and that was incredibly dope shout out to Justine Freud for taking the time to speak with you on that because that was a really dope piece yeah. um and then I had something come out um sort of about centered around uh, Katie Johnson and Maria Sanchez and uh, these two Mexican-American players um, sort of navigating their way in their professional careers here in Chicago and in the uh, NWSL. So those two dope things came out on uh, Equalizer Soccer. So if you guys get the chance, you should definitely check that stuff out and read it. Um, Pretty proud of it. Uh, Don't usually get... um, this type of way on the podcast but <laughs> when we covered we went to go cover this game uh, the utah game uh on saturday pulled up to the stadium and uh started propping open my gear to cover this game and the first thing i saw was some really tragic shit and it kind of broke me and i didn't know if i was going to be able to just sit down and uh, do my job so uh reading about uh terrible mass shootings in this country uh is terrible and it sucks and it's sad and it should sicken everybody uh loss of life is terrible life is precious and uh it's very sad to see that that kind of stuff happens um and the fact that it's some of it was very very targeted and hate-filled uh breaks my heart even more so um this is about women's soccer so i'm going to try to keep it that way but um sort of seeing that kind of stuff within a matter of days after i publish a piece about uh mexican-american players in this league just sort of uh wrecked me so uh, please continue your support of this podcast, and you can do that by reading and uh, supporting those type of stories and that type of work. So I hope you all and you should um, subscribe to the Equalizer to read it. Subscribe order, to Equalizer to Extra, and that's how you can uh, and that's how you can read it. And uh, maybe if you like it enough, you guys can uh, share it. Uh, and if you do like it, you can let me know how you feel about it. You can find me on Twitter at Sandarera underscore. That's H E R R E R A underscore. And uh, you can find additional Chicago Red Stars content in Hot Time and All Time. Claire always rocks the Chicago Red Stars recaps. And you can find those there. You can find my previews there. And additional um, pieces on uh, what we learned about the game and stuff. So check that out at uh, Hot Time and All Time. And you can find additional women's soccer content on secondcitysoccer.com as well. But if you don't like reading, that's not your thing. If you're only here for the podcast, I love and appreciate and respect that. So you should continue your support of the Southside Chat Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Sox. And you can do that by following us on all social media channels. That's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Southside Chat Pod with one letter P. So make sure you follow those and you can find us on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. So when you find us, you should go ahead and uh, give us a follow, give us a like, um, rate, rate us, subscribe us. Uh, that stuff helps us out tremendously and we're continuing to uh, produce the content. For you guys so we'll be back uh with you all next week to recap washington and chicago everybody stay peaceful and stay in love